0: For a scripture reading today, I'll be reading from John 14, verses 15 through 27. Again, John 14, 15 through 27. The heading in my Bible says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, you will obey what I command. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me he will obey my teaching my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him he who does not love me will not obey my teaching these words you hear are not my own they belong to the father who sent me all this I have spoken while still with you but the counselor the Holy Spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid.
1: Doug uh, prayed for me during his prayer. He prayed for, uh, for us in challenging times, and as I look at the clock, I'm thinking, Wow, how appropriate that prayer was. I uh, am really enjoying the process of studying these passages about the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you, when I was a kid, I thought it was uh, a weird concept. Uh, I really thought about it. I remember my dad used to preach about the Holy Ghost. And uh, that was the term in, in my church growing up. Uh, never really fully understood it. And uh, again, in these few Sundays that we're talking about it, uh, I think it's important to understand that it it's not only an aspect of faith, it is very central to our faith. And there's nothing weird about it because uh, it really is the presence of the living Christ, the spirit of Christ that is with us. I just want to go back real, real quickly um, and just recap uh, a bit of what we looked at last week. We talked about that revelation from God begins with commitment. Um, And the biblical term for that commitment is obedience. And we heard it many times in this passage. Again, uh, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. So we know that people have love, the love of God in their life, when they are obedient to the way of Christ and to the way of Scripture. We also know that there will be a consistency, of voice. So, in, and again, in this confusing time, and I'm sure that some of you would have seen it, that there are leaders that are prophesying all kinds of things, and they are so interwoven with the things of this world that the confusion that they're sowing is all kinds of prophesying of dates and times and things happening and it comes and goes and there is a place and there certainly is a role for prophecy. But the point is when everybody's trying to predict the future that God gave them a special revelation, here's my question. Did you verify that in how the Holy Spirit was speaking with your friends, with your family, with your congregation, with others. Um, have you have you read confirmation of that in the word? In other words, there is a consistency with how the Holy Spirit speaks according to not just God's word as we read it, but how we as brothers and sisters in Christ together read that, that the Holy Spirit is speaking through all of us together and sensing and speaking and clarifying to all of us together. And God's word is not only in the pages, God's word is incarnate in Jesus, so his teaching is example. God's word is in the disciples and the church and the church leaders over the years. God's word is in us. And we discern together and work at those kinds of discernments together. So there will be a consistency with the Spirit's, move and work in our lives. A third thing from just reminding us, there is a definite difference, and maybe I didn't sharpen it enough last week. There's a definite difference between the wisdom of this world and spiritual wisdom. In First Corinthians two, the Apostle Paul says As it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. The things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except The spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. This is what we speak, not the words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining the spiritual realities with spirit-taught words, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Another way of saying that is, if one is not accepting of the grace of Jesus Christ and offering their life and turning their heart over to God, they won't understand it will be a language they can't possibly figure out. And if we are using the logic of this world and all of the voices and perspectives that, that are so humanly centered, we will be confused. And they must always be tested with the Spirit of God. This is important. It's important because our mission And let me just clarify, every good thing that comes from God is meant to be shared and duplicated and passed on. And that's the way we are disciples to make disciples who will make disciples. We stood up front here with at least three generations or more represented here. Generation to generation to generation is the power of how faith moves. And we see that because the mind of God, the mind of Christ, which Jesus says to his disciples, you have that mind. That opens up an ability to see things not from an earthly bound or a human culture bound or a politically bound or a a social perspective bound. It's not bound by anything except the view of the kingdom of God. And that is the role of the Holy Spirit to help us separate those two. I can speak of really desiring to, to be able to have this or buy this or predict this or predict that, but I will sift it and sort it through the ways that God's provided through the community of faith, through his word, and the things that we mentioned earlier. This is very, very important because scripture says, first of all, that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth and make known to you the words and will of the Father. So the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. That's stated in John chapter 16, Jesus says, I have more to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And what he hears, only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. In other words, um, sometimes we're listening to the wrong things. and We have to sort that out. And we're really truly called to, to be clear about what the source is. Secondly, the Holy Spirit will come to those who love Jesus and who keep his commandments. In other words, again, in this passage, different from the one last week, again in this passage, we're referring to the fact that actually obeying God opens us up to see and experience in a different way. It opens our eyes more to the kingdom every time we are obedient. John fourteen twenty three says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Wow. That says that every act of obedience. And so now let's just note this. We're in a culture that says there is no such thing as obedience anymore. It's all good. Everything's okay. And we are called to stand against that with this very word of of God here and saying, no, that's not the way it is. That is deceptive. It will lead us down the wrong path. So the bottom line with the Holy Spirit is it's this function of helping us stay centered and it is available to those who will call upon his name and obey his commandments. Third, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, not just some things, and will remind us of everything Jesus said. Now, you can be thinking about this because uh, I'm going to open it up here for a little bit. We have a little time. We need to take time this morning to have some testimonies shared, and I'll tell you why. Because um, the Holy Spirit, it says... In John 15, now, if you have your Bibles, look, look specifically at this passage. I think it's, it's really, really an interesting add-on to an, an understanding of the role of the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 26 of John 15, When the advocate comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So the role of the Holy Spirit is not just comforting and not just guidance and not just reminding us, but he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. He's basically saying to the disciples, you need to testify. To all of us, you need to testify. What does testify mean? To give testimony in a legal case or a deliberative body, uh, to be witnesses testifying before those who are listening, to express and declare strong belief, to make a declaration of faith, testify, to make a statement based on personal knowledge, in support of an asserted fact, to bear witness. Let me just underline that. The the Greek translation of this is to bear witness. How do we bear witness to the word of God, the love of God, And the call of the gospel. And and to be able to testify that. If a person or a thing bears witness to something, they show or say that it exists or happened. How do we bear witness to Jesus? How do we bear witness? How do we support uh, or prove a claim or idea that we see and read in the word of God? How do we demonstrate this testifying? So we don't, well, we have as much time as the Holy Spirit gives us this morning. So there are microphones up front here. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if uh, do we, we also have a, we, we do not have a handheld. So if you would come up, you can come up to the pulpit uh, and, and kick me out here, or you can come up to the floor mics on either side. Just invite you to, and don't hesitate, please. If the Holy Spirit is prompting you, you just get right up and feel the freedom uh, to come and share. And here are a couple of things. How have you felt the Holy Spirit's leading at at times? What ways have you seen the Holy Spirit work? I have heard different, in the last two weeks, different people testify to the fact, testify, notice he used that word, to the fact that they were thinking about something and then they read a scripture that confirmed it. They were studying a scripture and then somebody else called or sent them a note saying, hey, have you looked at this scripture? And we, and we talked about this last week. Those are not coincidences. We're not a, we're not a circumstantial or coincidental people of God. <laughs> we're people who believe that God's purpose is being worked out as we share and engage. And, we, and that is the fluidity of how the spirit moves. How have you experienced the Spirit of God moving? Uh, Would you be willing to bear witness uh, to to the, the power of the Holy Spirit where you may not have been able to explain it, but you knew that God was present and that he was working in those situations? Who will share? Who would like to testify? You don't have to be a speaker. You simply have to be faithful in saying, This is how I've experienced the Spirit of God working in us. Come on up. And somebody else can come up over over here as you're ready.
2: Greetings. It's good to be back with you folks here. This is Wilmer Sprunger. I'm the father of Ann Cartmel. We live in Bern, and uh, my first uh, recollection of Church here was many years ago when the Mennonite Church in Bern, first Mennonite, had a male chorus concert. We had a few of those. We'd come up here on Sunday afternoon, your your kitchen committee would serve us a wonderful uh, meal, and then we would come up in the sanctuary and we would sing. Well, this happened quite a few years. I've always had good recollection, and uh, let's see. I think Bob. Hostetler, was he the pastor? Detweiler. Detweiler. The Weilers, you know, the, uh, gave me a cup once of their ministry, the Calvary Hour. Still have it. Well, anyway, um, I wanted to share something that happened just a few days ago. I have a ministry in the Congo. We were missionaries there. and was born there, actually. And uh, this gentleman and I, he's a—I uh, consider him one in a million— His name is Kutumbana Serafin. I met him in uh, 2001 and again in three when I went out to the Congo. And uh, he accounts for the money that we send out. Sometimes, unfortunately, Christians in the Congo or other parts of the world, uh, money kind of slips through. Not that they wanted to. They're not trying to steal, but their income is so small that when they have charge of money and they need, to, they can borrow a little something, they don't have money to replace it. And again, they borrow some more, and pretty soon they got, oh, several hundred or whatever. But he always accounts for the money that we give. And this last year, I have friends that I write, and I'm going to write a letter to, again today to friends who give fifties and hundreds and a few hundreds and so on. And we, we help out with tuition for Christian uh, Mennonite uh, Christian students to go to college and so on. Well, this last year, they wanted to build a church in one location where he was a missionary, and he told us the needs, and we shared. I sent out the letter, and people sent uh, donations. that went through the Africa Inter-Mennonite Mission, the office was here in Goshen, and then uh, they sent the money out. We sent out about nine thousand over the period of a year, and they completed a building a new church, permanent building, a result of mission work that he and a team, a couple of one or two other um, missionaries, are working with them, and they dedicated it on March twenty-one this year. That's just a few weeks ago, and so I th- I felt the need to send them a letter of encouragement through the Holy Spirit. And so I wrote them a letter. It was a nice paragraph. And he read it to them on their dedication. And I admonished them. The Lord told me to tell them not just to oh, be a good people, be a testimony, be a, a, a lighthouse in your community. There are about 80 or 90 of them worship there. Every Sunday, and so they have a permanent building now with a metal roof, cement block, cement floor, and all that. And they are worshiping together. And I, so I told him, I said, "Be a lighthouse to your community out here." And as is African culture, that's how they celebrate. That's how they affirm. And he wrote and told me that in an email. So I'm going to. Write him again today. He's a brother in the Lord, and those are brothers and sisters that are a result of mission work as the Holy Spirit leads and directs and guides. And we are brothers and sisters in God's kingdom.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wilmer. It's a good word for us.
3: Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I had a friend say, um, pray for my mo- my grandmother. She it, went to the hospital, um, and I said, "Sure, I'll pray for." Her. Not knowing how to actually pray, I was pl- I was fighting between um, ease her pain, Lord, heal her, be with the doctors, and then on the next thought, I'd be take her home, Lord, you know, end her suffering, <clears throat> knowing that this would cause. Um, pain and grief to my friend and not knowing her spiritual life, her walk. So, Monday, she went, I started praying off and on through work. Tuesday morning, I woke up with a really heavy burden to pray for. So, I just started arguing with God. God, what do you want to pray? How do you want me to pray? I'm lifting this lady up to you. I don't know if she's a Christian. I, how do you want me to pray for her? You want me healing? for not healing you know how do you want me to pray I was at work and <clears throat> I'm walking to I have to count I have to do my job I walk into a, a locked room and I'm the only person in the room and I said as I'm walking in I said Lord I don't know how to pray for her and clear as the day I, um, I heard pray for her soul I was like okay new direction I'll pray for her soul got it so I started praying. Open her eyes to see you, Lord. Open her heart to accept you. send somebody her way so she could hear your word in her last moments. Um, open her ears so she can hear your voice. And the time, And I had this heavy, heavy compressed feeling over my heart where at moments I could hardly breathe. It was really kind of funny because I was counting pieces of, of um, door poles. I would count one, and I would pray. And i count one, and I would pray. And luckily, <laughs> I was counting right. <laughs> my, my inventory came out right. Anyway, but this time that I was praying was the time that she was actually passing. Um, I had contacted my friend later and asked her, and um, like I said, the time that I was praying take her, uh, praying for her soul, she was actually passing away. And that was... I thought I needed
1: to say. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. Excellent. You know, again, it demonstrated that that the power of the Holy Spirit moving is always moving forward, always advancing the hope and the love of Christ, and and advancing the testimony of what Christ has done for us. It's it's true in the Congo. It's true here. It's true. Where our brothers and sisters are all over the world, the power of the Holy Spirit is to move and 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 what a wonderful example of that that openness to hear that Rachel was showing to listen for what God was saying to her and to be able to be honest and acknowledge I don't know that's okay that is that is a, a wonderful place to be because that's how God can most use us. Anyone else this morning? Good morning. Oh,
4: I'm sorry. Good morning, Wes. Yeah. Good morning. I wanted to share um, something that happened, I think it was just last week with my oldest daughter. Um, she's 13, Jovi. Um, and I have to start by saying I am not to the point yet where I can just like go right to a Bible verse and say that's, you know, exactly this We're Still working on that. Um, but last week, Jovi had an experience at school where um, one of these social injustice things stirred up and she witnessed her very good friend um, just spewing things that Jovi didn't recognize. This girl was very adamant about her beliefs and this was Jovi's best, best friend. And so Joby came home very concerned that, for one, she saw her best friend being just um, livid about something, and her best friend was spewing lies, as Joby understands, and she was just really torn, um how to deal with that because her anger her what she felt betrayal of someone who she thought she really knew well and now they have these differences in beliefs and so i let jovi talk and then i said you know um jovi wanted to give her friend the silent treatment she was going to go and tell her she's wrong she was what she thought she was going to do with this moment and i said jovi God doesn't want us to beat his word over people's heads. He doesn't want us to say, you're so wrong and I'm so right. Um, He doesn't want us to get into arguments. He wants us to be peaceful and gentle and show through his love. And I thought, oh, where is that verse? It just encompasses everything I'm saying to her. And I was like, it's in the Bible, which I don't want to always just say, that's in the bible just believe me i always try to follow that up with going to the word showing her that and i i was like oh this is going to be kind of funny because i don't know where that verse is but i knew it was something we had discussed at um, bible study and i just quickly was saying in my head lord let me find this verse i know you will help me find this verse and i went to my bible study notebook which is this thick a little daunting and i just kept saying find me that verse so we can complete this right here and i went to my book and wouldn't you know as i open it right in the front pocket is all these loose pages and the very front one was second timothy 2 23 and it's the one don't quarrel um use gentle words it, it, i again can't recite it all out And I was able to take it right to Jovi, and I showed her. And then I also talked about that moment, how I was asking God to bring me the verse. And she knows how I am, and can't just spew it right out. So that was a wonderful time to embrace my weakness in the Holy Spirit, working that I didn't have to be perfect mom, perfect spiritual, that I needed the help too and then we sat and then we were out to discuss it and 2 days later she comes home her and her bestie friend they they drew, drew each other's pictures and their best friends and she never had to um go to that place of being angry with her friend she overcame it they're you know so it was just so many moments of good work of the lord and the holy spirit giving me that knowledge and focus and it was a great moment so i just wanted to share that thank you so much
1: it's a great example of how you know even as parents the holy spirit working through through parents uh, to be able to continue to coach and teach and encourage the kids in their faith
3: in the past two weeks i've really felt god's love and peace for myself um, I've experienced a CAT scan and an ultrasound with a needle biopsy, and on the way home after the needle biopsy, I turned on BBN radio to listen to in my drive. The very first song was "God Will Take Care of You," and I felt that a definite message from God that He was taking care of me.
1: Thank you, Susan.
5: I work in the worker and there are many addicts. And I've started a class named um, Jesus Steadfastness Club. So I just wanted to focus on steadfastness, uh, patient endurance. And it's been four weeks, and every week, some new guys join the Bible study. For four weeks, one same comment comes up every week. So at least one or two people in the classroom joining the class, they said, "I joined this Bible study class because I felt I felt guilty because I only pray and come to the Lord when I was in need or I was in trouble. Many of them are addicts. so so people share, said that I joined this class before I come into trouble. So I, I, I believe this Gods will. Before I get trouble, I just want to uh, kind of be in the Lord and, 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 and pray to the Lord. But every week, some other guy said, and we are excited, yeah, we talked about that last week. And again, we talked about it last week. Every week, kind of people said, I, I joined this class before I get trouble. So I believe that's kind of the spirit kind of keep telling us that why don't you prepare yourself not only when you are in need or trouble, but when you are good, why don't you come to the Lord? Amen.
1: Yeah, and as with all of those that have shared, continue to pray that the Spirit continues this. this is, these are encouraging us to think and to move and to work and to walk in the Holy Spirit. And let me just say, you know, uh, I I'm, I'm certainly will own that I'm one of those pastors too. I can't always cite to you the exact verse. I'll find it you know, maybe pretty quickly sometimes, maybe not. But, um, you know, that's okay. And I love this. There's a theme, too, that comes out to saying you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to know the right thing. It's a matter of seeking and searching and unlocking that. Well, let let me close today by saying, you know, as we mentioned earlier, it is Mother's Day. And I want to just tell you that the Holy Spirit like Christian Mothers offers encouragement and affirmation from those very first steps. And uh, two of these babies this morning haven't taken their first steps yet. They're just practicing in the air right now. But uh, there do you remember, for any parents here, do you remember the, the, the joy of those first steps? and what that is and that that's how how the Holy Spirit these testimonies this morning have shown us that that the Holy Spirit sometimes walks with us in first steps um, but also the Holy Spirit like Christian mothers plant seeds of faith by teaching and by life examples uh, that that we're learning that those seeds are being planted and we start to say wait no I I I planted this. I'm not going to be surprised as it keeps growing and sprouting out of the ground. The Holy Spirit, like Christian mothers, um, uh, also raises us as children to know right from wrong and to discern right from wrong. The Holy Spirit, as Christian mothers do, helps all of us children remember who we are, who we are in Christ And the Holy Spirit, like Christian mothers, helps us stay in step with God as we walk day by day. These were wonderful testimonies uh, of of walking and and being sensitive to the voice and move and leading of the Holy Spirit. I I, I have to tell you, you know, I I enjoyed uh, a great deal watching uh, Muhammad Ali as a boxer when I was young. And then he had this one opponent, and I, I usually didn't like his opponents, you know, because I was too pro. I, I was for him always. Um, but then came along this guy by the name of George Foreman. And George Foreman was an old, fat, bald hero. One of the great stories of the 90s was he regained the heavyweight championship at the age of 45. That's unheard of, you know, that many years and that old to regain the the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, But there's some other story that you don't know about George. George Foreman uh, wrote about his mother's role in his life. His mother was a godly woman who set an example that one day later would have an impact on him. He wrote about this in a book called God in My Corner. And George had a nephew that became very ill. And this was at the peak of his boxing career He thought that his influence and money could buy his nephew's way back to health. And while growing up, George had seen his mother pray. He did not put much stock in prayer or in faith. Having gone from rags to riches as a boxer, he had the ability to do anything, get anything he wanted. And he found that money was useless when the intervention of God was needed with his nephew It's one thing uh, to be able to beat an opponent in the ring, but he couldn't beat his nephew's illness. We've been there. We've been there when we feel like our arms are just not able to do anything and we can't fix things. And so George's mother raised George from birth to his adulthood. He kept George in line. She planted the seeds as we talked about as not just parents, but as of people of faith, plant the seeds in the, the lives of our young people and nurture those seeds in each other. Well, it was obvious that George was not going to be successful with his nephew. And actually, his inability to do anything brought him back to his mother's faith and brought him to his knees, and he turned his life over to Jesus Christ. And amazingly, things changed. His hate and his anger went away as he became a Christian. And he continued to use his influence in the way of faith. He became an ordained preacher. Uh, After all that fame, that was the most important thing, was now sharing the gospel And we understand that it is through God's never-ending love that we experience the Lord's indwelling in our lives. And we know uh, that there can be and will be healing. And his nephew was healed after he turned his life over. Now that may not always happen, but what we do know is that the power of God will work in our lives as we turn our lives over. We're going to close with this song and invite the team to come up at this time. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you, to help you experience the love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness? Are you ready to receive new knowledge and insight and start putting together the pieces of what the Holy Spirit is saying? I hope so. Let's pray for our ears to hear and the words of the Holy Spirit, for our eyes to be able to see new visions and new work, and for our hearts to be filled with his love and power. And we will sing now together, Holy Spirit, come with power.